This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. The clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You said my world on even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. The mothership has connected. Welcome aboard. It's the four-hour Milky Way Mixer. DA with you from the CBS Sports Radio Studios in New York City. Broadcasting to affiliates nationwide and north of the border. Anchorage to Atlanta. Seattle to Savannah. Kalamazoo and Waterloo. Hey, are on the air. Hey, listening, DA. Everything we saying, DA. Everything. How we doing, everybody? Thanks so much for joining us. We appreciate you dropping on by. Big show coming up for you this morning. The Pat Fitzgerald News rocks college football. We'll have Dennis Dodd, CBS Sports, senior college football writer on to discuss that. He's going to join us in hour number three. It is a Tuesday, so let's do some trash, and shall we? It's a trash Tuesday. What is it that's bugging you? We'll do our trashes in hour number four, but you don't have to wait for then. You can do your trashes at any time by dialing me up at 855-212-4CBS or on Twitter, DA on CBS. Coming up in 20 minutes, we've got your sound check, best audio of the day. In 40 minutes... Could Bob Huggins fight to get his job back because there was a legal error at West Virginia? And day number two of the D-Aliens throwing their hats in the proverbial ring for Mraz's job. So coming up this morning here on the DA Show. But speaking of the Pat Fitzgerald news, we'll get to the home run derby coming up here shortly, but the Fitzgerald news is truly the seismic news. We talked about this yesterday. For those just catching up, allegations of hazing from a former player led to an internal investigation by Northwestern who hired a firm to handle it. The firm came back with findings, but Northwestern, by virtue of being a private institution, not a public school, not a public school, it's a private institution, didn't have to release the findings. And so... They put out a very, very, very vague statement on the findings. And that's when the university president decided, and we're going to suspend Pat Fitzgerald for two weeks. Now, 
The whistleblower went to the Daily Northwestern, which is the student newspaper at Northwestern, and details emerged. Northwestern had not released those, but the student newspaper did. And when they did, Northwestern was forced to reevaluate that suspension because people started saying, well, if this is true, is a two-week suspension in the middle of summer when nothing's really going on really a suspension? And as the fallout mushroomed yesterday, it led to Fitzgerald being fired. Now note, Northwestern football doesn't mean a whole hell of a lot of the national scope of things. However, there is nobody who's arguably ever been bigger in Northwestern football than Pat Fitzgerald. He is one of the most decorated former players ever. He was a member of the glory days of the mid-90s when they first kind of rose to significance, has been part of the program for 30 years, has been an assistant coach there, and has been a head coach there for the last 17 years. And I believe there's been 10, 10 or there's been four 10-win seasons ever for Northwestern, and Fitzgerald been head coach for three of them or something. The only reason that Northwestern's had any significance whatsoever over the last 20 years is because he has helped build that program up from the depths of college football. And so to dismiss him, basically 48 hours after they said, that's nah, a two-week suspension to, oh, sorry, you're fired, is a fairly monumental decision. So how did we get here and did Northwestern do the right thing? It is where we begin your cold open. When I think about uh, the difficulties that every team has as they welcome new members into their into their families, one of the big issues that, that we've seen in college athletics and across the country is the hazing issues. Things that we believe here in Northwestern, number one, is a, there's a zero tolerance for hazing. There's no reason why to ever have it. Uh, I know there's a lot of initiations and traditions and things of that nature, and we had that here back, uh, frankly, when I was a player in some different ways. But you know, as society's evolved, and as we've really thought deep about how we want to welcome our new family members in to our programs and into our organizations, hazing should have nothing to do with it. Instead, how about thinking about, in our context, what we do? Have a big brother program. Have an upperclassman or someone older within the team look after a younger player. Teach them the values. Teach them what it means to be a part of your culture. And give them every opportunity that they have to be successful in their initial stages of being a part of your family. Never forget what it was like to be that young person coming into a new environment. Here at the collegiate level, it's leaving the nest, leaving home, and coming into a new culture that you've never been a part of. You're afraid, you're scared, you have all these different things going through your mind about just how bad it's going to be. Hazing doesn't need to be a part of that issue. Let's turn it around the other way and give him a big brother and give him an opportunity to be successful. The firing of Pat Fitzgerald, more on the hazing investigation at Northwestern, a six-month independent process 11 current or former student athletes acknowledge ongoing hazing. That, according to President Michael Schilt today, it involved forced participation, nudity, sexualized acts of a degrading nature in clear violation of school policies and values. Again, they said it was well known by many in the program. No credible evidence at this point that Pat Fitzgerald knew about it himself. And the President Michael Schilt spoke to the one of the victims on Sunday and his parents as well. I don't believe it! The most amazing, sensational, dramatic, heart-rending. It's DA's top story. Here he goes! It's your cold open. 
All right, so that audio is interesting because you just heard there Pat Fitzgerald speaking out against hazing from a couple of years ago. And now that sounds quite hypocritical or head in the sand from Fitzgerald. That was also the Big Ten Network's coverage of the dismissal of Fitzgerald. So there's a couple of things here. Number one, let's start with the Northwestern side of things. And from a university standpoint, they completely botched this start to finish soup to nuts, as they say. Because what happened by virtue of not releasing the findings was that nobody knew the severity of this and then ultimately could only conjecture based on what the accuser said. So it is just a blueprint of mismanagement. If you're Northwestern and you got the findings back and they were serious and you you got the investigation back done by an independent law firm and they said yes there was hazing and yes they were of sexualized nature or yes there was nudity or yes it was rampant then you get that report back and you say, well, we, we have to suspend Pat Fitzgerald for more than two weeks. If you get the report back and you find that there's a lot of gray area, that one person thought it was one thing, but one person thought it wasn't, that Fitzgerald definitely didn't know, there was no evidence of that, how could he, etc., and that there was a lot open for interpretation, then you release the findings and say, this is why we only suspended him for two weeks. But what they did was they took the findings and they hid it, hoping it would never come out, and then tried to mitigate it all by only suspending him for two weeks, saying, well, something may have happened, but it wasn't that serious, and no reason for us to draw attention to this no big deal to then get to a point a few days later where you have to fire the guy makes it seem like you were hiding all along and so that makes this so much worse for northwestern because it feels like they knew it was terrible and tried to hide it number two i assume we'll find out more specifics at some point in time it's still early in this process but remember yesterday I said there's a lot in here that I'm skeptical about because in 2023, I don't know how you could possibly get away with nudity involved with hazing involved with a major Division I college football team. It just it doesn't pass the sniff test for me. That how is it possible where everybody is on high alert on university campuses everywhere? of sensitivity, of interpretation, certainly of sexual stuff. That is at the forefront of everybody's mind, not just with football, but with everything with student life. And that a football team has it written on a whiteboard that there's going to be naked bear crawls and naked slingshots and stuff like that. That seems impossible to me. And yet, and yet, 11 current or former players acknowledged systemic, ongoing hazing within the program. And that hazing included 
forced participation, nudity, and sexualized acts of a degrading nature. This was finally part of the investigative private report that 11 current or former players said, yeah, this has happened. Now, we don't know the specific details of each one of those 11 players, but that becomes a much different thing. That's not just one player saying, I can't believe they did this, and you go, eh. It's 11 different players acknowledging, yeah, this stuff is happening. So if I was skeptical yesterday, I'm far less so today when we do find out that 11 different players confirmed something like this was happening. I would also say for Pat Fitzgerald to say those things that he did previously on hazing and then have this type of stuff going on within this program, then he really is culpable. Even if he can say, I didn't know the extent of it. You can't sit there with a straight face and tell cameras, we don't like hazing, there's no space for that, you have to have a mentorship program, we want to be invited to everybody, and then have this stuff happening in 2023. That can't, those two things cannot dovetail. You can't sit there and tell people we, sh we would never accept hazing, there's no place for it, it's a different time, and then have it happening under your watch and not know. So that's where, yeah, you do deserve to get fired. So while I was skeptical yesterday because none of the details were out, and I thought, how the hell could this happen in 2023? Certainly seems like some of it all of it, much of it, happened, and Fitzgerald looks like the biggest hypocrite ever. What an ugly situation, Northwestern. More on this as we make our way through the morning. You can hit us up at 855-212-4CBS or on Twitter, DA on CBS. Last night, home run derby. I've got some thoughts on that, but Vladdy Jr., Vlad Guerrero Jr. wins the home run derby. Did any of us Wager fake money during yesterday's update, Pat Boyle, on Vladdy Guerrero? No. I don't think we we kind of just said, yeah, I think there could be a, a home run over 490 feet, or yeah, I think there could be over 276 home runs, which I think got obliterated. I don't think any of us picked a winner, right? I think I, I asked you guys, who, I asked I, you guys I think, who, who you thought the favorite would be. Yeah, who's the betting favorite? I think I leaned into Julio Rodriguez. I thought the hometown kid would do it yesterday. Came out of the blocks, great, and then faded. But, yeah, I don't think we all picked a winner. We should have. We should have. But Guerrero was phenomenal yesterday. It was a really fun event. I'll do more on this as we make our way through the morning. I think there's a lot of good there because there's such awesome, exciting talent in Major League Baseball today. And Vlad Guerrero Jr. and Julio Rodriguez and some of the rest of those guys are just, just the tip of the iceberg. There's so much good young talent. I do find the home run derby, though, to be quite frenetic now. It's so hyper. I don't know. The energy is so hyper. It's like the split screen, the graphics, throw as quickly as you can, more and more pitches, more and more home runs. 
that I guess it's a little bit like a baseball version of Candy Crush or something. It's like so many things are happening all the time. <laughs> and maybe kids love that. But there was an element to this where I felt like, yeah, there's a lot of good here. There's a lot of good. But there's just a lot of a lot. There's a lot of a lot happening right now. And it's it's a little much. It's a yeah, headache-inducing. Yeah, honestly, yeah, I think my, my main takeaway is we need to go back to the 10-out format. There's, I mean, I, I always, every year, I always search out the Josh Hamilton Yankee Stadium home run derby. I tweeted out yesterday. I, I said nothing will ever top this. One, Chris Berman plays a part, plays a factor in that. We'll never have that back. But either way, you get to admire every single crank shot that you see. And... I think that's part of the beauty, seeing how far these guys can launch these baseballs. We had a couple of 480-foot home runs, and it's like, you know, you get to see half the distance before, all right, next one's coming in, next one's coming in. Like you said, it's very frenetic. And I like that there is a lot of home runs, but you don't get to admire the beauty of them. You don't get to admire the beauty of each swing and seeing how far each baseball can travel. That's, for me, most of the home run derby. Right, and so baseball's caught here because they want to speed up everything. They've got the pitch clock now, obviously. They want to – the slow pace of baseball was the problem for them. So the home run derby clicked into this where it's now all timed. you got a certain amount of time, hit your home runs in the middle of, of that block of time, and so you're trying to throw as many pitches and hit as many home runs as humanly possible in that time. But the old way, which was 10 outs – meant that you could take your time. And so I think the 10 outs at times did feel like it was too slow because you could really milk every pitch. But this feels too frenetic. So I don't know. Maybe there's a, a middle ground there, but it's a it's a good event. It is still a good event, and the players are so much fun, and the talent is so crazy But it is like, whoa, this is dizzying at times. When we come back here on the show, we've got your sound check, your best audio of the day. We've got Dusty Baker weighing in on Shohei Otani and another Gelb interview gets short-circuited. DA, CBS Sports Radio. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively sports. That clock at four. Doncic. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. Yes, 
and even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. CBS presents this program in color. An educated person can't think he's going to get a recruit by uh, strippers coming in. They can fire you, but they can't eat you. And they run through our ass like through a tin horn, man, and we could not stop them. The audio you need to hear. It's DA Soundcheck. Welcome back. Listen to us at hundreds of affiliates nationwide and north of the border, across the CBS Sports Radio Network, and also on Sirius XM Channel 158. Soundcheck is brought to you by Wesley Financial. Stuck at a timeshare? Want out? Contact Wesley Financial Group now. Get a free timeshare exit information kit at wesleyfinancialgroup.com. Let's start with Dusty Baker, who is the AL All-Star Team Manager on Shohei Otani. He's the most incredible uh, athlete uh, I've ever seen in baseball. I've seen some great players, but I mean, none that that can both you know, run like the wind, throw 100 miles an hour, and hit as, as well as anybody in the game. He's just ridiculous, as we all know. And Shohei Otani, the best thing we could get is a Shohei who's actually playing, pitching, and hitting for a playoff-bound Angels team. Now, at the moment, Shohei at the All-Star break as a starting pitcher is 7-4 and four with a 3-3-2 ERA. He's got a 1.10 whip and 132 strikeouts. All very good numbers. But as a hitter, he's even better. And we thought he was going to end up being a, a playoff a playoff starter, a playoff component this year of an Angels team that had a winning record. And now at the All-Star break, they have fallen again under 500. So for Shohei, can we just get a decent Angels team? Is that too much to ask? What do we think? Andrew Bogish at the plate. Will we see the Angels in October? (laughs) Uh, This October, no. Unless they play a regular season game on October 1st. Again, you think they slide their, their way. They won't make even the wild card. I mean, they're not in a wild card spot now, and they don't have Mike Trout like through the trade deadline, and they were already slumping before he got hurt. So, uh, yeah, no. Now, Otani the other day said winning is becoming bigger and bigger yeah. for him as he gets older in his career. Do you think that that portends him leaving via free agency in the offseason? That seems to be a comment not about the Angels because he they've never won when he's there. We talked about this last week. We're back in a world now where they have to really, really, really consider trading. He's going to leave. They can't let him go for a, like a pick in the 70s as compensation. They need to make a trade to get anything back for him before he goes and becomes a Dodger or a Cub or, God forbid, an Atlanta Brave. Bogus at the plate. Thank you. 32 home runs, 71 RBIs at the break. Yeah. So he'll finish. He's on pace for about 50 home runs and 110 RBIs or something. He'll end up finishing with, like, 13 wins as a starting pitcher. And the Angels will once again be a 500 team. <laughs> Wait a minute, Bogus. Was that you and Mraz when you guys were filling in for DA a couple weeks ago? And I said, when are they going to just trade him? And Sean disagreed vehemently, of course, because Sean's a bozo. But did you disagree with that? So when they were 
in a playoff spot, there was some sense the idea of letting it run at, run its course. And we were, we've been told still that they're not going to trade him. But now that they're out of a playoff spot by, what, four games, and there's multiple teams in between them in a wild card spot, and then he says this yesterday, and there's no Trout, they're not doing their job if they don't see what's out there. Yes, I would have never advised for trading Shohei Otani a month ago. I wouldn't have never advised them when they were actually chasing a postseason run because remember the thing is that Otani would like to be an angel because it's Los Angeles without the pressure of being the Dodgers. He likes the West Coast. It's a very good market for him to be in for international purposes. He's got a lot of endorsement money. In fact, I think that he makes far more money off the field than he does on the field for the Angels. So that's a good market for him to be in. He went there for a reason. If they win anything, he probably, even getting to the playoffs, he would probably want to stay. But now, the classic slide, you're the Angels. You have to think about trading him because that could replenish your farm system for like 10 years. I I said it. Give me the Halos GM job. I could be Perry Manassi. And two months ago, I would have traded Otani for Ellie De La Cruz before anybody knew who he was. (laughs) And I'd be sitting here in my haunchers in my suit Making a couple extra million dollars. Shohei who? Oh, we got a guy 6'6", six, six, uh, switch hitting shortstop. He can steal home. Yeah, that's the new face of the franchise here. Don't worry about Shohei. He'll probably tear his UCL in three years. So that's what they should have done. And now you've lessened the package that you can get back by wasting time. Hey. I don't, but I don't know if they've if the package wouldn't still be unbelievable to get Shohei today. Yeah. Clock's ticking, DA. What? <laughs> uh, wrong wrist. Clock's ticking. I love that Boyle's Dr. Doom. Yeah. Shohei Otani's going to tear his UCL in three years. <laughs> Career's over, dude. So, or sounds like he's going to tear it in 30 seconds. Career's <laughs> over. Let's listen in to the Noah Chast TV on Twitter as... Nick Castellanos weighs in on one of our favorite cartoon dogs. Everyone was asked their favorite superheroes. You said Scooby-Doo. I I didn't realize Scooby-Doo was a superhero. Can you kind of explain his superhero lore? I mean, well, first off, he's a dog, right? And he can talk. Fair enough. Okay. And and he saves, he solves mysteries. So I think that a dog that can talk and helps people by saving, by solving mysteries, I think is a superhero. Checks off all the superhero boxes, has special skills, and he helps people. Correct. Nick Castellanos, a right fielder for the Phillies. It brings up an interesting question, obviously. If a dog can talk and helps people solve crimes and mysteries, does that make him a superhero? And I would argue it makes him a very special animal, but not a superhero. I think if we start going down the road of talking animals, our superheroes, let's look at everybody from Looney Tunes. we got to look at everybody from the Disney characters. Let's look at everybody from Hanna-Barbera films. I mean, is a Snagglepuss a superhero just because he can talk? Is a Goofy a superhero? I, can he talk? <laughs> not uh, very well. Wait, yes, Goofy talks, Pluto does not. Right, 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 right. Goofy walks upright, Pluto does not. It's a mystery. No yeah, one understands how, about, how, how about that? Make that make sense. That's you, you can't. That's dogist. Well, dog. We, well, dog. We don't know though whether Goofy is a cow or a dog. No, remember? no, no. We know he's a dog. Remember, Sean doesn't know. Remember, remember. This has been a debate. <laughs> 
But I mean, so is Sebastian the Crab of Little Mermaid a superhero because he can sing under the sea? I mean, my hero. Doesn't necessarily solve mysteries, but I think Castellanos is blurring the line between superhero and special animal. There's no doubt Scooby-Doo is a special animal and obviously a benefit to the human race. He's caught a lot of bad guys, but is he a superhero? I don't think we can go that far. You also, you need to be able to kick some ass to be a superhero. Scooby ain't. Ain't kicking ass. He's just solving crimes somehow. I mean, the fact that if you're a criminal, you're getting caught by a dog and his, you know, pothead sidekick Shaggy. You're not a you're not a very good criminal. There's something you 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 miss some tracks. You miss some steps in the process of trying to get away with a crime. But at that point, you just make any detective or agent, special agent, a superhero. That's not the case. There's a distinction. Hold on, Scooby Doo is very deceiving. Is very deceiving. I feel like when the when the time is right, he can turn it on. Turn it on to kick ass. Yes. Mm-hmm. Really? Yes. He's rope-a-doping people. That's right. You think he can physically kick somebody's ass? Yes. <laughs> well, I haven't seen that episode. But, uh, he's, he's 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 still he's waiting. waiting. <laughs> he's holding up the wall. Then he's gonna pounce. I see. Wait for it, the right time. It is possible Scooby Doo is elevated simply because he is with burnout Shaggy. That Shaggy just makes him seem a lot smarter. It's like if Shaggy wasn't, look, zoink, Scoobs, what'd you find today? <laughs> then Scooby, rah, 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 Scooby Snacks wouldn't seem so intelligent. The comparison definitely helps. I will say, Scooby Doo should turn heel on Shaggy. And beat him up. Yes. What? Enough of Shaggy. Why? Why do you get him out? Shaggy? Get him out. Get him out. <laughs> We're enough. trashing Shaggy? Yeah, he does nothing. There's no use for him right Shaggy now. Shaggy does nothing? Does nothing. Except except talk uh, like he's on pot. <laughs> well, he is. On, I mean, on pot. Yeah, I mean, enough. Enough. Do something. But that's, like, enough. Scooby-Doo's <laughs> the same way. He's a pot-smoking dog. I just... told you. Scooby-Doo is, is in the shadows of Shaggy <laughs> because Shaggy is just too much. Are we sure that Scooby also smokes pot? Contact eye. Yeah. Yeah. If anybody deserves criticism, I think it's Fred. Fred's kind of a stiff. He is a stiff. Another guy. Another Fred, stiff. Shaggy at least is in charge of being the cohort, the friend of Scooby. He, My guess is that he's got to feed Scooby. My guess is he's got to walk Scooby. My guess is that Scooby's not Scooby without Shaggy's mentorship or friendship. But what's Fred doing? I guess Fred's hooking up with Velma, right? Oh, yeah. That's the only thing I could think of. <laughs> or maybe... What's Velma doing? The redhead. <laughs> Daphne? Daphne, yeah. Yeah, but, I mean, that's... Is that, is that even that impressive, though? Because it's process of elimination. She's either hooking up with Fred or she's hooking up with Shaggy. So That's he's, exactly right. I mean, how impressive is he? And they never mix in any other social circles. I mean, it's only them in that van all the time. Yeah, because they're fighting crime, DA. They're too busy for booty. No, no. If they're going to get booty, because I think they're all in their 20s, right? Unless they're teenagers. They're, I would assume they're, they're probably 20s. Okay, they're certainly not married with another life like kids and a family at home. Oh, well, you never know. So these are young people thrust together in one van, the magic van, 
for a long time. There's drugs. There's drugs. I mean, they have to be hooking up, but you're right. There's only two guys and two girls. And, and unless you want to hook up with Shaggy, what are you doing? I mean, and how much crime are they really fighting? The dog is the one solving the crimes. You got the one chick is blind half every episode. How do you lose your glasses every episode? Oh, my glasses. I can't find my glasses. You're you're letting the, the criminal get in the way, sweetheart. Figure it out. Get contact lenses. Fred and Vilma, they're too busy bumping uglies. <laughs> knocking boots together to figure out what's going on. And you got a talking dog. Who solves all the crimes? I mean, they're really, they're a bunch of dopes. <laughs> See? Shaggy should be arrested for exposing uh, Scooby-Doo to all those drugs. No, they should all thank Shaggy. Scooby looks smart because of him, and Fred gets the chicks because of him. He's the great foil. Pat doing a Velma has lost her glasses. A meek... Lost Velma losing her glasses is my favorite moment of the day. Get some contact. Where's my glasses? Uh, I lost my glasses, Scooby, again. Uh, Shaggy, where's my glasses? She makes me angry because every time I actually lose my glasses, that's the first thing somebody says to me. I can't find my glasses. (laughs) Shut up. It's probably behind the wall that turns when you pull the the plate off of the mantle. It's probably in that secret compartment (laughs) behind the wall every time. And finally, here's a Gelb interview gone horribly or wrong. Horribly awry, rather. He's got Debo Samuel on the show. And within five minutes, Debo is yanked off by the PR person. I saw what you said about the Eagles back at the Super Bowl at Sirius, where if Brock Purdy didn't get hurt, you guys would have won that game by double digits. Why, why would that have been the case? I don't know that, though. So do you not still believe that? I mean, I do. But, I mean, we, we're not, like, not going to keep talking about it. I mean, I said what I said. Gotcha. So then what happens this year when you play Philly on December 3rd? I don't know. Just wait till what? Week 13, 12, whatever we get in. Well, then you know how that's going to go down. You're you're going into Philadelphia. Those fans are going to be booing you loud. You have a message for Eagles fans? Hey, guys. Yeah? All right. We're good to go. (laughs) What do you mean? We have Debo on right now. Yeah, I know, but we're going to head into camp right now. Are, are you serious? Okay. Thank you. That's, there you Thanks, go. Debo Samuel right there. Doesn't want to answer a few questions. Okay. We're good to go, guys. Bye. <laughs> 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 you got to love. Get, Gelb's not wrong there. I mean, no. those none of those are pressing, aggressive, <laughs> badgering questions. Debo Samuel said it. Gail follows up. Suddenly, PR person like, okay, we're good to go. Guys. All right, we're good to go. <laughs> we are good to go. What does that mean? You're going, you're leaving the interview, you're hanging up the phone. We are good to go. Where are my glasses? <laughs> also, heading into camp, isn't this like the downtime between mandatory camp and actual camp? I wonder if it was like a kid's camp. Yeah, yeah I know, but we're going to head into camp right now. It was like Gelb interviewing Debo as he talks on his cell phone right before he 
addresses like 40 kids at like nature camp. I love how you can hear Debo basically just say, he like call, he shouts at her. He goes, hey, and he just like throws her the phone. Yeah, yeah. Hey, this ain't going well. And I read about this before I heard the audio. And the story I read says that she jumps in to end it, but he's out first. Like, she doesn't take him off the interview. Yeah, he He, he leaves, it. and she's doing damage control. <laughs> okay. Yeah, get the go. <laughs> I love that you read about the interview before you heard it. You I read, did. You read was... a story about an interview here on the network. Yeah. I saw Gelb tweet that it happened, and then I saw a Pro Football Talk right. It's on the front page of Pro Football Talk this morning. So I read it, and it's like, and it says that she jumps in to end it after Zach's question, but no, Debo's out, and she's like, we're good to go. This are, is the this, Okay, thank you. This is the write-up. Okay, thank you. The write-up says, with that, a woman's voice, apparently the PR person who arranged the interview, was heard saying, hey guys, all right, we're good to go. And that was the end of the interview. Hey guys, okay, we're good to go. <laughs> it, it would be amazing to know if Gil was so annoying that Debo went to camp, training camp now. <laughs> yeah. He's like, you know what, just put me in a college That's dorm it. room. I'll Fine. just start working out. Zach Gelb forces Debo Samuel to report to camp on time. Hey, guys. Yeah? All right, we're good to go. Debo's like, I'll do two a days. Fine. <laughs> no more Gelb interviews. You want me to run eight times a game? Fine. Just don't have that loud Zach Gelb ask me questions. No more Gelb. I'll do whatever you want, Shanahan. No more Gelb, though. Okay, we're good to go. <laughs> All right, we're good to go. <laughs> yeah, I know, but we're going to head into camp right now. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I know. I know. this, But we're just going to go into camp now. We're going to do macaroni necklaces. <laughs> Samuel right there. Doesn't want to answer a few questions. It's movie there you night. go. Bye. And then you had like classic Gelb after that ends. He just goes, what a joke. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's the Gelb playbook. Holy smokes and what a joke. And then just <laughs> yell and trash the guy you were just interviewing. Yep. Are, are you serious? Okay. Thank you. <laughs> That's how he felt when Dana Mechanicsburg dropped off his keys in his <laughs> hands before the Bob's Bar show. Are you serious? Okay. Thank you. Okay. Hey, this is for you. Yeah, I know, but we're going to head into camp right now. <laughs> Andrew Bogish's headlines. And they are sponsored by Progressive Insurance. Insurance hey guys. for motorcycles, boats, and RVs for protection on the road and on the water. See how much you can save at 1-800-PROGRESSIVE and progressive.com. Yeah. 300. All right, we're good to go. 41 home runs hit last night in Seattle. They traveled an estimated 138,700. 300 and what? 41 home runs. Wow, over under was 285, I believe. An estimated 138,723 combined feet, which is 26.27 miles, which is slightly longer than a marathon. It's also roughly 24,125 jockalones worth of home runs. Interesting. 72 of those 341 came from your home run derby champ, Vlad Guerrero Jr. He wins 16 years after his dad won the event in San Francisco. Little Vladdy topped Randy Arozarena in the final. He beat Julio Rodriguez in the semis after J-Rod clubbed the record 41 dingers in his opening round against Pete Alonso in front of his hometown Mariner fans. That was the opportunity, basically the first opportunity that I had. I, was, I wanted to live in the moment and kind of be able to give a show to the Mariners fans and just kind of give my all. 
The 341 total homers, a derby record. The previous mark was 312 back in 2019. And now the All-Star game tonight, shortly after 5 Pacific in Seattle. Pat Fitzgerald says his agent and his lawyer will handle the next steps after Northwestern fired the football coach last night amid their embarrassing hazing scandal. School president Michael Schill saying in an open letter to the school community that head coach is ultimately responsible for, quote, a broken culture that after admitting over the weekend his initial two-week suspension for Fitzgerald was insufficient on second thought. And then there is Bob Huggins v. West Virginia. The former basketball coach's new lawyer continues to say that Huggins should be the current head coach again, that Huggins' (laughs) mid-June resignation following a DUIRS was not real. The school released its latest response to the Huggins camp yesterday. It asked this new lawyer if he is asserting that Huggins' old lawyer or Mrs. Huggins resigned without Bob's permission Mm. or if he thinks the school made up Huggins' decision and public statements. Bob doing Bob things. Uh, it, it is. <laughs> it's not exactly. He does. He does. Blazers GM Joe Cronin said yesterday, "If it takes months, it takes months." About a new or about a Damian Lillard trade, but he also said it doesn't have to end like this. The goal is always to have Dame as a trailblazer. It always, always was, and always will be. I mean, we wanted him to retire a trailblazer, so we're very open-minded to. Anytime Dame wants to be a part of us. Our friend Shams, the Athletic, said yesterday a Blazers heat trade could include at least three first-round picks. Miami has two to trade. The third would come from a third team with Tyler Hero going there. And Victor Webinyama's done for the day, done for the summer. <laughs> two games in Vegas. Now he'll prep for actual NBA action in the fall. DA, back to you. You see the sphere. You go to Circus Circus, done for the day. Yeah, a little Brittany Spears, play, dust up. Play two games in Summer League, done yeah. for the day. One bad game, one good game, I'm done. I would have loved to have been a fly on the wall for that Brittany Spears dust up. I don't think there was much to that. Well, I think the the police said they they officially reported whatever their findings were that she struck herself. Yeah, the security guard kind of like wiped away her hand and her hand got bounced back into her face. And she was a crazy lady yelling, Victor, 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 chasing him down the, the yeah, hallway. Like, honestly, you're Britney Spears. Do you really need to be chasing down 19-year-old or whatever, however old he is, Victor Wembenyama? Can you just say, like, yeah, I'm Britney Spears. You come over here. Yeah, that's the play. That's just the like play. that, too. Yeah, well, so, a lot of people fade. Like, Carrot Top in Vegas, he's faded. <laughs> yeah. Him in his box. Well, when Britney Spears <laughs> is compared <laughs> to Carrot Top, I know... That her career has... Caritas might be offended the way Britney's gone. <laughs> oh, hey. Could Bob Huggins get his job back next? DA, CBS Sports Radio. Watch us on YouTube, on Twitch, and at watchda.com. You heard Andrew Bogish mention this in the update that Bob Huggins is suing to get his job back and he insists that he did not sign the resignation letter and if that is the case West Virginia with incredibly sloppy paperwork here I mean how hard is it just to get a signature on the resignation after Bob Huggins Got a point two one zero DUI and didn't know what town he was in. That's not a hard ask. And if you can't get it from him, 
I'm pretty sure there's ways to officially make sure that Huggins has been dismissed. Now, I'm sure that most of this is simply to get a bigger part of money from the university. But for Bob Huggins, he looks bad, university looks sloppy, and the whole thing is unnecessarily ugly. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. 